Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJ. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 228 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on over there, man? Well, you know, it's another beautiful day in paradise. It's like 126 outside, so things are slowly melting. Uh, Aside from that, Bankster Barry again this week coursing through the veins, getting ready to power me through another show, which, by the way, is going to be long, and it's going to be fantastic because we have the Fig Life Hall of Fame this episode, Jeff. Yes, we do. We are going to round out this show with the Fig Life Hall of Fame. When do you go back to work, by the way? Uh, Right now, I don't know. Uh, It's still kind of TBD. Not really sure yet. Uh, We had another person leave today with uh, COVID symptoms, so until those types of things stop happening, I'm not totally cool with going back. So right now it's all up in the air. I, I don't know yet. So until things like that stop happening, I am working from home. We were planning on reopening our office on June 8th and ends up that our bosses are cool with us not going back to the office just yet. So we may be opening later. So maybe end of June, maybe even beginning of July. We don't know right now. Okay. Well, yeah, things are slowly starting to reopen around here and places like restaurants, I believe are reopened and they can do like 50% capacity. Uh, I got an email today from Golden Corral, which if you're not familiar with it is like a buffet place. And it sounds like their doors are open and they're taking people and bringing them in and sitting down at 50% capacity. And I would imagine it's spaced out, you know, every six feet. And it looks like the staff there is actually getting your plate and bringing it to you as opposed to a bunch of people lining up at the food troughs it sounds like they have people just going back and filling your plate with whatever you want and bringing it back out to you. Unlimited, like a buffet always is. But, you know, changing with the times, that's kind of the new normal now, I guess, for buffets. Let's see what you can do, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that one I'm very excited about. I do love me some <laughs> Vegas buffet. If anyone would like to get any of our t-shirts, any of them at all, head on over to whatamaneuver.net or pick some up from Pro Wrestling Tees. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on FullyPosablePodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. Scott, we got another review. Ooh. It comes in from at SirPaul64. This is Kyle Peterson. He's got a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Check him out on Twitter at SirPaul64, and his YouTube link is right there. But he gave a sweet five stars, and he says, Review of the day. He said, A Sunday late afternoon tradition. Adding G.I. Joe talk from here on out would take this to a six star on the five star scale. <laughs> six stars. Wow. Thank you, Kyle at Sir Paul 64 on Twitter. 
Scott, you got to talk more Joes, dude. I, I guess the Joe talk will continue to some extent. I'm glad. I, I, I know there are some out there that are enjoying it. I just didn't want to bring too much of that into this. But since there is a, a small community forming within our community that's kind of enjoying the G.I. Joe talk, I'll bring a little bit, maybe every week, we'll see. It kind of depends on as my collection starts to grow a little bit. So I will try to include some at least every show. Thank you, Kyle. That means a lot. And also check out his YouTube channel and you can see his amazing collection that he has going on over there. Thank you, Kyle. I need to build a basement over here or something. An attic, a basement, like three attics. Because I notice a lot of these people that have these amazing collections are able to build on their basements downstairs or and their collections look great. So I would love to do like build an attic or whatever here and just put all the figures from 30, what what are we going on? 31 years? 36? 37? I, I, I forgot how many years. Well, we started in 85. So we're at 35 years now. But just put all the figures in some uh, cabinets or what they call detals from Ikea. Or you could just turn your one story into a two story and the entire second story is just nothing but wrestling figures, which I, I really, after seeing your collection, cause you sent me that video of your room along with your front room and your hallway with the back room. I think you could fill an entire second story. If you were to add onto your house now, I could actually build a fig life hall of fame. Yes. And speaking of a museum or charging admission, you know who else could do that? Jason Wolf. He did a little walkthrough of his collection last Friday. Holy crap. It is like stepping into the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s, and all of the toys that encompass those decades. It was incredible. I had the best time just kind of walking through his house with them virtually and seeing all of his collection. It was fantastic. And there were like nooks and crannies that he was just kind of going past. And I was like, whoa, whoa wait, 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 go back, go back. It was great. And I don't know if it's still up on Facebook. I don't know if those things expire or whatever, but it was fantastic. He has an amazing collection. I would love to see him open it up as a museum, charge admission. And if you do the second floor, I think you should do the same thing. Just for wrestling figures, not all toys. No, I'm going to do it for all toys. Starting lineups included. Do it. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott Foco. Jeff. Yes. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. Foco.com is here to help. With Foco's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Foco's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, the Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from Foco are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to Foco.com now. That's F-O-C-O.com. And one more time, just for you, Jeff. F-O-C-O.com where at checkout you can use code WFP10 and save yourself a sweet 10%. And if you haven't seen it yet, they just added Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker bobbleheads to their amazing collection. Pick those up, add them to your cart, go to checkout, use code WFP10 and save yourself 10%. What'd you think of the Hogan and Undertaker bobbleheads? Love them. Dude, they're great. And the best part is 
remember how we always talked about FTC, how like if you didn't like the initial offering, stay tuned because they were going to get better. That really happened right. with FOCO. The, the first offerings were great and they're only continuing to get better. Those Hogan and Undertaker bobbleheads are fantastic. I highly recommend them. I love that Hogan. I love Hogan anyway, but that bobblehead truly does him justice. It is fantastic. So again, foco.com. That's foco.com. Check out, use code WFP10. Get yourself that Undertaker and Hogan and check out all the other amazing WWE bobbleheads and all the cool sports memorabilia on their site. Scott, I did do a little finger poke of doom. The only thing I got was that Walmart lunch pail, the Hogan and Andre lunch pail. Oh, you got that. Did you get the pin set too? No, I didn't get the pin set. I wish I would have, but I did not. Scott, did you do any finger poke of doom? I did. And here comes the G.I. Joe talk. I had to take a break on wrestling because I did drop 75 on that sting, which, by the way, it does appear that the price on the sting defining moments, the crow look, not the Great American Bash, that price seems to have plateaued a little bit. It seems to be hovering around the $75 mark, which is what I bought it at. So it doesn't seem to have continued that upward spike that we were seeing. It's plateaued at around 75 bucks, which I think is fair. Because the more I think about my figure hall of fame and how much it has changed since the last time we discussed, well, not a figure hall of fame, the Mount Rushmore, to be more specific. The more I think about a Mount Rushmore of my figures and how much it's changed since our last talk, that sting, man, between it and the Galoob, like if I had to pick a sting to go up on the Mount Rushmore, I don't know which one I would go with. It might be like a half and half, like half Galoob face, half Mattel defining moment sting face. Because it is so good. But aside from the sting, I did do a little bit of G.I. Joe finger poke of doom. And I actually did my first claim sale, Jeff. Oh, okay. What'd you get? I have never done one before. I always see like claim sale and people throwing like tags in there or whatever. And I had no idea what they were all about. But this past Saturday, somebody was doing a G.I. Joe, the modern ones, because I'm not getting involved in the 80s ones. Um, Just doing the modern ones. So like 2007 and on, really. Somebody was doing a claim sale on those. And so I followed it and it was the perfect time because I wasn't really, it was on a Saturday. I wasn't really doing anything over Memorial Day weekend. And uh, he was posting his figures up and I was kind of watching to see how it was operating. So he would post a figure and the way he did it is you could throw a bid or if you did a claim that had, it's almost like a buy it now price, like an eBay, right? Like you can either bid or you can opt to buy it now. Well, the buy it now option was claim. Otherwise, it was just a bid. And so I was going through and I was starting to do some bids. And he must have thrown, gosh, 50, 60 figures up. And I scored myself five of them. And it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I mostly did bids. I didn't do any claims. Um, I kind of had dollar amounts in mind for some figures. And I wouldn't do a claim unless it hit. And I think maybe I only claimed one. And I did bids on the other four and I won it. Was this on Facebook? Yes, it was on Facebook. And I could kind of watch the bids in real time because you can turn notifications on for it. It'll tell you when people are responding. So I could watch as I was being bidded on or bidded against. And he set a time to when bidding ended. And for anything that didn't get a bid or a claim, he opened it up to offers. And I actually scored one of my figures that way too as I just threw an offer down and he took it. Um, But yeah, I scored five Joes. It was uh, Roadblock. And this was the original look, not the second look from the 80s line that was redone post uh, 2007. 
um, masked Cobra Commander. That was the hard mask, not the hood. Uh, Gung Ho. And I got two others. And I'm trying. Oh, Beachhead. And there was one more. And I can't think of who it is. It's it's escaping me right now. But I was also able to score the second Snake Eyes that came with Timber. And he's spiking up around 35 to 40 bucks right now. Because all the G.I. Joes post-2007 are starting to go up in value, as we're seeing with a lot of the wrestling figures. Those are going up as well. It's a big nostalgia kick. And I was able to get that Snake Eyes for 23 bucks. Somebody threw it up. And luckily, I saw the post right when it hit. And I was the first one to comment. And the dude sold it to me for 23 bucks shipped, which was really good. Um, and I can't remember the last figure that I got. In the- oh, Destro. That's who I got. Uh, he did a starting bid. I forget what the starting bid was, but you could claim it for 20. And I just did a claim 20 because that Destro is like 25. So I I got the Destro as well. So six figures coming to me to go along with the Snake Eyes that I got. That's a mimic of his version one from the 80s. But again, it's the post-2007 Modern Joes. So now in my collection, I have seven and it's continuing to grow because I've kind of put like a hit list together of guys that really meant a lot to me as a kid that I want to get modern versions of for my new collection. So I'm kind of putting a list together. It's a lot of fun, dude. I'm having a blast with it. And aside from that, just looking forward to more wrestling figures coming out. We've got Elite 77 that we're going to talk about. I can't wait to get my hands on that Rick Rude figure. The Miss Elizabeth from the Mega Powers. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait for those. The Legends figures that are coming out. The Valentine, the Heenan, the Razor. Lots of cool figures. The DOD set's coming out. So a lot of wrestling figure talk coming up. So it's just cool, man. I'm enjoying kind of being on eBay and watching these things. And it's just a lot of fun. But I'm really, really excited for things to start really fully opening back up so I can get back out there and do the toy spotting again. That's what I truly miss. Did you get outbid on any other G.I. Joes? Or did you get the ones that you were mainly focused on? There were a few that I did miss out on because I threw down a bid and then somebody would throw down a claim, which means it was theirs. So they did essentially the buy it now option where I was trying to do a bid to try to get it for a little bit cheaper. Uh, I did miss out on that Snake Eyes with Timber. Two of them, in fact, in that claim auction. But somebody threw one up like three days later, and so I purchased it that way. Um, but yeah, there were a few that I did miss out and it's not a big deal. You know, I do have a budget that I'm working with and I was tracking my, uh, my bids and my claims in my notepad. So I kind of knew where I was budget wise. I hit my number perfectly by the way, which I couldn't believe. I was like, that's exactly what I was looking at spending, hit my number, walked away happy. But then that snake eyes came up later in the week and I was like, I've got to jump on it for that price. Cause I'm not going to find it any cheaper, but it's just a lot of fun. And again, it's just, it goes into that nostalgia right? But my nostalgia has a certain dollar amount tied to it budget wise. So I have to kind of be careful and not get carried away. And I'm really trying to rein myself in because otherwise I just go crazy because there's a whole bunch I want to buy right now. Just I'm kind of trying to stagger my purchases, but it's a lot of fun. And for me personally, as with the wrestling figures, going back and looking at like Hasbro's and LJN's and Remco's and Galoob's and talking about them and holding them and admiring them again, it's the same feeling I get when I get those Joes in. And I hold them and look at it. It takes me back to that happy place in the 80s. You know, you just sit, you put on some music, and you play with your figures. Whether it was wrestling figures or He-Man or G.I. Joe. It takes you back to that time when you were pretty much, for the most part, carefree. And you could just play with your toys and listen to your music and not have a care in the world. And it really does put me in a happy... Me. It, for me, this is just my viewpoint. It puts me in a happy place, and I love it, and... If other people experience that too, I highly recommend jumping in and going and just buying something from your childhood. 
it just for me it puts me in a great place and if you think even there's a remote chance of doing that for you i highly recommend just jump on ebay and buy something if it's a ghostbusters figure you know a he-man figure a mask toy even if it's beat up man just buy it because it's amazing what happens when you hold that old toy in your hands it really takes you back and it's a great feeling I remember you would put on Nelson and sit back and play with wrestling figures. I remember that. Oh, you want to make Nelson jokes, Mr. I had the Nelson tape in my collection and not Scott's. You want to bring Nelson jokes. Actually, I had a Nelson puzzle as well. (laughs) And a poster too, didn't you? No, I didn't have the poster. (laughs) (laughs) No. Like there were like white white crusties on it, if I remember correctly. It was really weird. Oh, oh, Jesus. It's not the Manscaped ad yet. Get get out of here. Scott, I do want to thank at referee Tom. He did send in. He said Danny Davis did wear the long shirt to cover up the tattoos. So you were right last week. Thank you for the clarification. It was one of those rumors that I had heard. Didn't know if it was true. So thank you very much for clarifying that. Now I can go back and tell the person that told me, hey, dude, you were right. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, he said that. Danny Davis was also Mr. X at the same time he was a ref. So, Oh, Mr. X. So he was doing like uh put over work then he was like putting guys over, but then kind of getting his wrestling training in too. I guess so. Nice. Okay. I, I never knew that. Look, you learn something new every day. Thank you listeners. Scott, when you do a podcast each week, it seems like there's something that people pick up on and you get a lot of feedback from. Well, this past week's show, it wasn't the new Japan talk. We did get quite a bit of people saying they did like the missed opportunities segment that we did. But the thing that generated the most talk was the Sting talk at the end of the show when I said Sting's second theme was terrible. It was terrible. Well, uh, everybody agreed with me. They said it was god awful. (laughs) But it, it wasn't until we were talking to Steve Hoker that I was joking around and said, I'm pulling the lyrics from Sting's second theme in WCW. So Scott, I have in front of me... Sting's theme, his uh, second theme in WCW. Are you ready? No, I'm really not. So here, here, let's put this perspective. You say it sucked. It was bad. People agreed with you. Now you're going to punish them for agreeing by reading the lyrics to this horrible theme song. Yes. Okay, got it. I just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page there. So here are the lyrics to Sting's second theme in WCW. He had the NWA theme and then he got this new one, The Man Called Sting. So... Here's the lyrics. Wow. Ow. The man called Sting. The man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. The man called Sting. He does this. He does that. Pause, please. Yes. Yes. The lyric was, he does this. He does that. He big as bull and quick as a cat. (laughs) <laughs> dude a third grader wrote this dude <laughs> actually this kind of sounds like a kiss song <laughs> no I, I take that back kiss it right way better than that unbelievable wow he look fine he looks cool he's own man and he's nobody's fool don't double cross him or get in his way because if you do you're gonna have to pay to the man called Sting, the man called Sting. <laughs> Dude, this is terrible. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even finish. <laughs> I'm pulling more WCW theme lyrics, dude. <laughs> That's great. It's riveting stuff. Like unbelievable. 
Why would they replace the first theme, which was so perfect? To the third grader that got paid for writing these lyrics, congrats. Yeah, they this went is to horrible. A, they went to a school in Georgia, went to the second grade class, and they're like, hey, kids, you have the chance to write Sting's theme. The best one wins, <laughs> and we'll use it to have Sting come to the ring, too. Oh, God. Okay, moving on. He's not like anybody else. Oh, you're continuing. If- uh, yes. Oh, lucky us. Yes, please continue this this amazing piece of song work here. He's not like anybody else. If his friends ever need him, he's there to help. And all the kids, they go wild. And all the old people, are you ready? Start to act like a child. <laughs> wow. Like the second grader that wrote this. <laughs> Don't double cross him or get in his way. Because if you do, you want to guess the next part, Scott? You're going to get laid? That would be better. You're going to have to pay. Oh, all right. Well, they weren't working blue back in 92. That's okay. To the man called Sting. (laughs) The man called Sting. I'm not even continuing. This is like terrible. If you guys want to read the lyrics, just go on to YouTube or just go onto a lyrics uh, Google thing or whatever it is. Next week, I'm reading the Steiners. The, what is that? Steinerized or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Steiner Steiner line? Steinerized? <laughs> See, listeners, this is what happens when you don't send in reviews. Jeff punishes you by reading horrible lyrics from early 90s WCW themes. This is what happens. <laughs> this is punishment. <laughs> I've been watching, you know, I've been watching the WCW stuff. I'm going to read Hogan's theme when he originally came in. Oh, yeah, that was good. No, it wasn't. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Dude, you know what? I was watching Spring Stampede 1992, and that was headlined by the Dangerous Alliance and a bunch of people on Sting's team. I didn't realize that Terry Taylor, who, by the way, was the tailor-made man, and Greg the Hammer Valentine were United States Tag Team Champions. I never knew yes. that. I Well, I shouldn't say I never knew that. I probably did know that in 1992, but I immediately forgot about that after 1992 because I went back and watched pay-per-view and the match against the Freebirds let off for the U.S. Tag Team titles, and I totally didn't remember. And then later on, like two or three matches later, they had a backstage interview with the Freebirds, and Precious was with them. And Precious was like brunette. As opposed to being the bleach blonde, she was brunette. I was like, whoa. Like, I don't remember that at all. They weren't bad. I mean, it's just like, okay, Greg Valentine and Terry Taylor, really? I mean, like, when WCW, I'm in the 95 era right now. Okay. It's just WWF light, man. I mean, it's Earthquake. It's Beefcake. It's uh, Haku. I, it, I mean, it's just like they just raided WWF's roster. Yeah, they were basically microwaving WWF from like three years earlier. Right. Like the main WCW guys are Sting, Dustin Rhodes, Alex Wright, uh, Triple H just showed up, or Hunter Hearst Helmsley just showed up. Um, and then the it just feels like the rest is all flooded with WWF guys. Hacksaw's there. It, the Nasty Boys are there. I, although you could say that the Nasties were AWA, WCW before they went to WWF, but they still had that WWF feel to them. Well, and it makes you really appreciate what the NWO did for that promotion when they came in in 96, because they completely just flipped the script. Like, you were so used to seeing just the whole roster against Hogan, essentially, turning everybody heel against him except for Sting, really. And it was just, 
rinse, wash, repeat. Like it was just the same thing. All they were doing was microwaving WWF from three years earlier. But man, when the NWO came in, it just, it revitalized the promotion. I don't need to speak about what they did, you know, years ahead because they, they completely changed the game. But what they did to WCW previous to them coming in was they turned it upside down, flipped it on its head and made that a better place for guys to go to. And while I wasn't a big WCW guy, you compare WCW pre-NWO to WCW after the NWO came in, night and day, night and day. It was actually a product you wanted to watch versus watching something that you would have seen in the WWF three years earlier. They just, they completely changed the game and you've got to respect what they brought to WCW. I think they did an incredible job of just completely changing the face of that organization. And the very first Hogan Flair match, which was Beach Blast 94, I think. Uh, was it Beach Blast or Bash at the Beach? That was one where Shaq was at ringside or he was ref or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually a good match. Yeah, it was good. Well, Hogan had a lot to prove. You know, he was going into the South, you know, and he was having to not necessarily change his character, but, you know, they were... I would assume mostly anti-Hogan, like they had their favorites and here comes the WWF guy in. He had a lot to prove, you know, and I think he did a good job in that match. Definitely. Well, and of course, Flair was Flair, but Hogan had a lot to prove. I got to also say WCW had bunkhouse buck. So I got to throw that in there. <laughs> yes. Why isn't he in the hall of fame? Come on. <laughs> Why don't we have more bunkhouse buck figures? <laughs> so how does Sting's lyrics translate back to Sting figures? Well, people would pop on Sting's theme because they were also selling a tape at that time and they would march Sting down to the theme. So I thought I'd throw that in there and kind of tie it back to wrestling figures. Yeah, but they should have put the first theme on the tape, not the horrible man called Sting theme that a second grader wrote to win a class competition. Ah, you're, you're preaching to the choir, brother. <laughs> oh, sorry. Third grade. Third, not second grade, third grade. I don't know. Now I'm starting to read those lyrics. I think it is second grade. <laughs> I think you're right, dude. <laughs> this is bad. Whoever wrote that song, I want to have on this show. <laughs> the first guest that we have on that we insult, is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's probably cashing Ted Turner's check. He's like, oh, what was that? He's yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, hey, guys, I got Steinerized, too. You want to listen to that? Read these lyrics? I'm cashing these checks. <laughs> God, we do have a lot of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you going to learn today. Scott, before we get into this long bit of news, what do you say you jump into that Manscaped code? Yes, Jeff. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls, including all three of yours, Jeff, are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. 
Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your leg. I can vouch for this, Jeff, because it is 126 degrees outside. <laughs> the Crop Preserver does come in handy. And as our treat, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your balls smelling fresh, just like spring flowers and just as Jeff likes them. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs with Jeff, I can vouch for, and you can vouch for, incredibly comfortable. Love them. This is the Perfect Package for your perfect package get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code wfp20 at manscaped.com do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code wfp20 at manscaped.com once again jeff just for you and your three balls that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code wfp20 it's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. And today, if you're downloading on Sunday, May 31st, 2020, is the last day to use that WFP20 discount code for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I can vouch for their wipes, dude. They have these wipes that you can just wipe up real quick and then, you know, be ready to go. Yes, it's very important, especially they're right. With that hot weather kicking in, dude, ugh, gets a little swampy. Gets a little swampy. Got to keep it dry. Got to keep it clean. Tell me about it, dude. On Monday, I, I told Celeste, I was like, man, I'm getting a little swampy down there. I said, would you kind of lift up my legs like a baby and get the uh, wipe and wipe? And she goes, okay. <laughs> Did you lay on your back? And she like put your legs behind your head and she gave you a nice little wipe down there? <laughs> she did. She goes, did you make poopy earlier? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I wiped myself. Can you tell? <laughs> You know, get the little dingles off of there. I don't like that. But anyways, use that code WFP20. Today is the last day to get that code in. If you guys do and they are happy with the results, then we'll see what goes on from here on out. But as of right now, this Sunday, May 31st, it is the last day. I'm glad she didn't come out of the bedroom like last week. Well, I, and I should point out too, as we pointed out last week, ladies, this is for you too. So zero to three balls however many you have this product is for you no matter what wfp20 good through may 31st scott we're going to kick it off with mattel elite 77 on card was shown off today ronda rousey she comes with the raw title viscera i thought this figure was fantastic they always seem to nail mabel figures yes and i like this really ties into the segment that we had last week right where you have viscera under a deal and they're going to make Mabel, and now they're going to make Viscera. He comes with a hardcore title. I love it. The only thing I wish is that they would get Oscar and Mo under a deal so that we could get men on a mission before they lose Mabel, because then once those two guys come out, you're going to have to scramble back and get Mabel. So hopefully they get him under a deal before they lose Mabel's deal. So I love the Viscera, Jeff. I totally agree with you. Fantastic. They nailed it. That would be a stretch if they could get Oscar and Mo. I'm not holding my breath on that one, man. Oh, I know, I know. It's a it's definite wish list for sure. But Viscera has the long jacket on in the packaging. It looks fantastic. 
another AJ. So AJ's coming back. Bray Wyatt with the Lantern. Now, there was a lot of debate. Like Some people didn't like it. Some people did. What did you think of it, Scott? I liked it. I wasn't blown away by it. We had a conversation with Travis Fowler earlier before recording, and he was of the same mindset that he wasn't blown away by it. And I think a lot of people were expecting to be. I think this figure is going to be better when you hold it in your hand. When you have the figure in front of you, either loose or mint on card, I think it's going to be way better. I personally love it. I think it's great. I showed it to Peyton because I had it up on my computer screen. And I was like, baby, look, they got the uh, Fiend figure up on on uh, this website here. They're showing pictures of him. And she ran up and she, you know, the first thing she said, what? That's awesome. He comes with the lantern. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she loved, the absolutely loved the figure. So I think it's going to do really well. I am going to pre-order this figure as soon as Megalopolis posts it up because there are sites out there right now that are charging almost twice as much as what you're going to pay in a store or twice as much as what I'm going to get it on Megalopolis's pre-order for. So as soon as Megalopolis posts up with that Elite 77 pre-order, I'm jumping on and I'm buying two Brays. One's for me, one's for Peyton. Cannot wait to have that figure in hand. I think it's going to be way better when you see it in person. And they actually captured bray's body type for that it's a unique body type that bray has so and i thought that mattel did a good job capturing it i totally agree and now all that's left really are for the firefly funhouse guys to come out and then bray as his firefly funhouse self so we need that we need the funhouse pets we've got the fiend the inclusion of the lantern i think is incredible so kudos to mattel for an incredible looking figure i love it Moving on, Miss Elizabeth from 88 SummerSlam. And last, rounding out Elite 77, Rick Rude. He will be in a black robe. Well, there's a variant on that one, too. There's going to be a uh, variation of that Rude. I think the standard edition is the one, his tights that have wire on the front. And then yes, there's another yes. variation where it's like red, right? Yep, you're right. Yeah, I don't even care which version I get. I'm not into the variants, really. I, I could care less. I just want that Rick Rude figure. I love it. The robe is incredible. I like that they went soft goods. The head sculpt on it is perfect. Let's go back to the Elizabeth. That's another one that I'm really excited about, dude. I can't wait for that Miss Elizabeth because it's going to go with Hogan regardless. But we really need that Mega Powers Macho Man now to complete the SummerSlam 88 trio. I'm keeping my fingers crossed we get that one sooner rather than later. But from top to bottom strong, strong elite release from Mattel. Rousey and AJ are easy passes for me. Uh, definitely getting two Brays, definitely getting Elizabeth, and definitely getting that Rick Rude. Don't even care which version. Scott, last weekend they showed off the grayed out rendering of the Viking Raiders, which I thought was impressive because the amount of tooling that has to go into their outfits is... I, I can't even imagine how long that took, but the grayed out rendering looks good. Oh yeah, dude. They're, those are easy purchases for me. I love the Viking Raiders. I love them in NJPW, loved them in ROH. And now we've got that situation where we could put Mattel's up next to FTC's and really ask that question. Who did it better? I think FTC did an amazing job with what are now the Viking Raiders. And I'm excited to see what Mattel brings to the table. Like you said, the grayed out sculpts, they look fantastic. I love the accessories, the amount of work that went into those figures, much like the amount of work that went into the FTC releases is incredible. And I'm super impressed with what FTC brought to the table. I can't wait to see the finished product from Mattel and then do a side-by-side -side who did it better. Scott, also, Ric Flair announced that he is back under a Legends contract. Yeah, that's great news, right? So we're going to continue to get Ric Flair figures. 
I don't know how many different versions of Ric Flair figures we need, but the more the merrier because then we get to pick and choose. I'm excited he's back under a deal. It was crushing to see Sting leave the WWE and fall out from underneath their umbrella. And I don't know when we're going to get more Sting action figures. Hopefully very, very soon. Hopefully it was due to the COVID issue like it was with Flair, why Flair didn't re-up right away. Hopefully that's what it is with Sting. He comes back under the umbrella and we get more Sting figures. And then I can hold out hope for that Blade Runners 2-pack. But yeah, great news on Flair. The Ric Flair figures continue. They actually had to pull the Ric Flair Ultimate Edition. So now that can be back on the table. Absolutely. Yep, that one's definitely going to get released and I'm excited for it. Also, this past week for Figures Toy Company, Scott, we were granted by Chris DiPetrillo to show off the prototype of Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT. What would you think of the prototype? I love it. I think that they absolutely nailed the sculpt. And thank you, Chris, for that. That's awesome. How honored are we to be able to break that news in that picture? I think that that's great. So a huge thanks to Chris. Huge thanks to FTC. And much like all of the figures that they're throwing out, incredible job on Shane Strickland slash Isaiah Swerve. How great is it that they have an NXT figure in their assortment? I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, and overall, just kudos to FTC for having Shane Strickland slash Isaiah Swerve under their umbrella. Great job on the figure. You guys killed it. Scott, this past weekend, Jeremy Padauer actually did some Q&A Twitter questions, which I thought was pretty cool. So... Always the opportunist, I put it down on my notes. Look at you, the man of opportunity. Good for you. I'm going to have a second grader write a song about me. (laughs) The man called Jeff. (laughs) I still think we should have uh, someone do a man called Wolf. I thought that was fantastic last week. Should we leave the lyrics up to Steve Hoker? He's a man of many talents. Lyrics is definitely one of them. I applaud that. Scott, are you ready? Can't wait. First one came in from at JJAYTW4Life on Twitter. What was one thing you were planning to work on that did not come to fruition prior to Mattel acquiring the WWE license? Jeremy answered, the next figure gen scale. Enhanced tooling was the logical next step. That was going to be Gen 2 CS, Classic Superstars. Man, what could have been? I would have loved to see what was going to be the future of the Classic Superstars line, not just in names, but in terms of sculpting. That would have been great to see. As long as it wasn't that horrible R3 tech, I think it would have been great. I mean, they did the Deluxe Classic, which added a little bit more articulation, but I think they were even going to go bigger than that, which I thought was... I, I blew my mind. I was like, oh, man, what could have been? But I, I wonder if there's any prototypes out there of like what was to come. I wonder if there's anything hiding in somebody's attic somewhere. I don't know. He says he was working on it. Hmm. Very interesting. Next question came in from at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore burger zero one. How much pitching did you have to do to get the classic superstars series greenlit? Jeremy replied, I had to convince Vince McMahon and the licensing team at WWE that classics would rejuvenate the toy line. The toy sales were lagging badly post-Attitude Era. It was for business to do something break frame. Timing was perfect. What a turning point for Jax. And kudos to Jeremy for recognizing that that was going to be the thing that really took them to the next level. Because if I remember Jax for anything, like if you were to say, what's the first thing that comes to mind when when I say Jax? It's not bone crunching. 
It's certainly not R3 tech. It's not even real scan. It's classic superstars. So kudos to Jeremy and his team for really thinking outside the box and going, let's not look at the roster now. Let's look at the roster back then and bring that to the forefront and give that some attention and look what it did. Next question. I apologize. I didn't get the person's name on this one. In the Undertaker three pack, why did American Badass Taker have the American flag on his singlet? Jeremy answered, he was draped in an American flag, if I can remember correctly. We should have used the fabric flag, but not sure we felt if it was appropriate to create one that could get thrown out with packaging. That was likely the thought. Next question actually came in from Grimm's Toy Show. How come Jax was never allowed to make Macho Man, but Mattel got him right out of the bag? Savage and Owen are the two biggest missing holes in that collection. I would argue Ricky Steamboat as well. But totally agree on the Macho and Owen miss. Jeremy replied, you are right. I never received clarity on Savage. WWE allowed us to go very broad with the legends we signed. From a business perspective, we were so complete that Macho in the line was good for business after the move. I wonder if Macho would have been included had Jax continued on with the WWE license. He would have had to at some point, right? Because it was like a year after that that Mattel took, because Mattel took over in uh, 2010. They got Macho Man in 2011. So you have to figure another year, year and a half. There's no way he wouldn't have fallen under the Jax umbrella for them to be able to make a classic superstars figure of him. I would imagine Ricky Steamboat as well. Uh, no, try sooner. They would, because they would have had to get Macho, because the first Macho figure came out in 2011. Correct. So figure nine to 10 months to push it out to shelves. So figure they got him in the middle of 2010. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So we're talking like a matter of months. Exactly. Next question came in from at I right I. What is the classic figure you are most proud of? Jeremy said Lawler and Kaufman. I grew up in Memphis during the absolute height of local wrestling. So this was a highlight. Talking to Andy's family, Andy put in parentheses, or Andy, hard to say who it was. I right I continued. He said also I want to say that the classic superstar series one was a bombshell on the message boards. Everyone was going crazy. We loved it, and we never saw that series coming. Jeremy replied, We were a rocket out of the gate with Warrior. He is the real hero of this line. Signing him was amazing. Without Vince's specific approval, I wouldn't have been able to do the deal. Man, isn't that incredible that he was able to bring Warrior in? Because we've talked about that Warrior many times, and he was about six years removed from his last figure. And here we were six years later getting more Ultimate Warrior figures, and it was awesome. And they picked the perfect Ultimate Warrior to throw into that Series 1. And Jeremy's absolutely right. That figure, while the other figures were good, that specific Warrior figure definitely made Classic Superstars the line that you wanted to watch. I, right, I also snuck in another question. He said, from start, idea, to finish on store shelves, how long does it take to make a Classic Superstar Series? Jeremy replied, ideally nine to 10 months. Sometimes we were working too quickly, so seven to eight months. Next question, at reckless underscore youth underscore, why was so little effort spent on the last couple of series? Jeremy replied, once it was absolutely clear that there is a change in relationship, investment becomes much more difficult. We have been saying that for years. Yeah, yeah, and there's the, the, the verification of it, and it sucks. You could see it coming and they're like, screw it. Just whatever parts we got left, just mash them together and put out a figure. Next question comes in from at Donuts 21 Who makes the last approval for a fig 
before it starts production. Jeremy replied, I wish it was as clean as that. The reality is that the licensor approves the samples and then you have to deal with the reality of manufacturing. Most of the time, the product matches approved very closely, but there are times like a global pandemic that gets a little tougher. Next question comes from at SerpentBaller21. How come Classic Series 1 Sean and Hunter have different graphics on the sides than the whole line? They use their real images, then all the rest have the toy headshot. Jeremy said, we were all in our 20s developing a line incredibly quickly, and we didn't know it was going to be legendary. Just thought it could be. The inconsistency was due to inexperience and we had great shots of those two athletes from WWE as they were current roster. I've always actually wondered that myself. So I'm glad Jeremy cleared that one up. Yeah. And, and there you go. Brutal honesty, right? He's like, well, we were young. <laughs> That's why we were just kind yeah. of mashing it together and trying to throw this thing out. We thought it could be something. Sorry. If that's the biggest complaint we have about Classic Superstar Series 1, I think we're doing well. Next question comes in from JDMCOMETH. How did Jax get such an amazing roster of legends where Mattel is struggling to create some must-have legends? Excellent, excellent question. Jeremy replied, I can't speak for Mattel. For us, we put a massive effort into getting all approvals, finding, and signing talent outside of WWE system. There was no Legends program at WWE. I'd like to think WWE Classic Superstars created it. 100% agree with Jeremy. He's absolutely right. It changed the game. That's how big Classic Superstars was. It kicked off in 2003 and was basically, in my opinion, Jack's biggest thing until they shut their doors on WWE. Next question comes from at Vince Walnuts. What was the limit for extra items with each figure? Some had cloth items, belt, chair, etc. Some had multiples, others had none. Was there a dollar amount when it became not profitable? Jeremy said, in every line that sells to mass retail, there are internal costing and margin protocols. Generally, what we would do is drive towards a margin and cost average, pairing figures that needed more with figures that need less. Steve has mentioned that before when they go through each series. And last comes from the great Steve Hoker. Steve Hoker asked, I love the LJN style figures in the classic superstars line. Were there ever any talks of doing Hasbro style ones either instead of or after the LJN ones? Jeremy said, no, I was dumb. I didn't see the value in the Hasbros. I loved LJN. Since I have done a complete 180, I full embrace the Hasbros. One, I grew up with LJN. Two, I worked and ended up occupying Jack Friedman's office. That was it for the questions that I thought were pretty interesting, Scott, and I pulled those for the news. Yeah, I think that's great, and kudos to Jeremy for not only taking the time to answer the questions, but also for being brutally honest, right? Like, I, I missed on the Hasbros. I admit it. I missed on the side of the packaging for the Classic Superstar Series 1 Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Oh, well, <laughs> like honesty. I love that. I love it. And a huge thanks to Jeremy for taking his time to answer those questions. Those were some questions that I've always wondered about, like what was going to be next for Jackson? Now we know it was going to be a second generation or for the classic superstars, new tooling, all that stuff. I, man, what could have been, what could have been, we could have gotten more British Bulldogs in that, in that new second generation tooling. Yep. What could have been now? Should we talk about orange card Hasbro's? <laughs> nope. We've yeah. beaten that horse to death. Yes, I think we have. 
I, I recommend everybody following Jeremy. Jeremy is awesome. It reminds me of back on the message boards when he used to do six, seven pages of questions from fans on the message boards right after Comic-Con, right after New York Toy Fair, whatever it may be. Jeremy would sit there just like Steve does today and just sits there and goes through all the questions. Jeremy and Steve try their best to answer all those questions on the message boards and it's great. It really is. As a collector, I certainly respect that and appreciate their time because they don't have to. They could just put out figures and whatever. I'm not answering questions, but they, they go out of their way. They take their time. They answer our questions no matter how repetitive they are. And I truly appreciate that. Scott, it is time for the third annual Fully Posable Fig Life Awards. You got your suit on. I do. I have my tuxedo shirt and that's it. We're in our skimpies. <laughs> you said it was 126 degrees, so... Yeah, I haven't cut the sleeves off the shirt yet. Well, let's get into the awards. Scott, we are here on the red carpet outside of the auditorium where inside everybody is getting seated for the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame Awards. Many, many great figures have gone in in previous years. And pulling up right now, we have the tag team going in. They are not looking so well. (laughs) First off, let me say this is the third time we've done this. Why are we still getting weird looks from people for our shirts? I don't like it. You figure they'd be used to it by now, right? I don't think it's the shirts. I think it's the nothing on underneath part that is getting the weird look. Oh, come on. Like, they've never done a Zoom before. Get out of here. Judging. Okay, here comes the tag team, and they're walking right past us, just like always. Nobody really wants to talk to us. So, and here comes more people pulling up very abrasively. I don't know what's going on with these drivers. I don't understand this, but whatever. Here comes the Hall of Shame, and they're walking right towards us, Scott, and they are walking right past us. As I said, nobody really wants to talk to us. We got big time by the Hall of Shame people. Get out of here. Nobody likes you anyway. (laughs) Scott, what are we doing on this red carpet? This sucks. Nobody's even watching. We're not even getting autographs. We're sitting here with our paint pens. Come on. So, Scott, why don't we just go inside the auditorium here, and let's begin our third annual Hall of Fame. And starting off... With those horrible, horrible figures that will be going in under the Hall of Shame this year, would you like to announce who that is? Yes. It is my distinct displeasure to induct into the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame in the Hall of Shame wing created by OSFTM. These are the ultimate LOL figures of all time, and they are... The WCW Vibrating Action Figures. The single-carded set included Sting with his bat and was actually the first Crow Sting figure ever produced. Hollywood Hulk Hogan with a title belt. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, The Giant, Kevin Sullivan, Lex Luger, and that Chris Dude. They also made a few tag team sets. The main feature of these figures was the vibrating action, which appealed to... Well... I'm not sure exactly. The sculpts were average at best. (laughs) You could move their arms and their heads, and they vibrated. End of story. They're a huge step down from their earlier LJN-style figures, both in terms of playability and wrestler likenesses. 
Never before had I questioned a figure's gimmick. Be it large rubber figure, Hasbro action, Jack's bone crunching, Remco squishy head, until this line. The biggest WTF figure line ever, with Maximum Sweat coming in a very close second. So again, it is my distinct displeasure to induct into the Hall of Shame wing of the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, OSFTM's WCW Vibrating Wrestling Figures. And how many of these did you buy back in 1997? 96? I ashamedly bought every single one of them. Because I had to have the first Sting. Yeah. I, I was young. I had the money. I needed Sting. <laughs> and then I just bought the other seven too, because why not, right? They were wrestling figures. I had to have the whole set. Yeah, I bought Nash and I think it was Sting. Found him at Kmart in San Leandro and bought him begrudgingly. I remember them being cheap. Like you, I had the money and I don't know why I did it, but I bought these and just to watch them vibrate. Terrible, terrible figures. I had never questioned it before, right? A, a, a gimmick on a figure, right? Hasbro's had all these little cool gimmicks. The LJNs, they didn't move. That was kind of their gimmick, right? Jack's had bone crunchers where you could twist a joint and it snapped. These vibrated with a little red button on the side that you'd press and they vibrated. The arms moved at like the shoulder joint and then I think the heads moved at the neck. That's it. And they vibrated. I To this day, I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why? I will say this for them, though. They did lead to a joke in the toys that made us that luckily did not make air. But if you are interested in what that joke was, listen for my interview with Breaker that's going to drop in a couple weeks on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And you will hear the joke that was told to the toys that made us that did not make the air. Thankfully. Previous winners of the Hall of Shame wing was Doom Galoobs and the LJN Rick Rude. So we welcome the WCW Vibrator. Vi vibrating, Jeff. Vibrating. Vibrator figures. Vibrating. Oh, ING? <laughs> the WCW line of vibrators. Very well done, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Coming to adamandeve.com soon. Scott, moving on, let's go into the underrated wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. And who is going in this year under the underrated wing? We're about to put some respect on this name, Jeff, because going into the Fig Life 2020 Hall of Fame in the underrated wing is the Jack's Rhythm and Blues 3-pack, which includes the Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and the Honky Tonk Man. Jimmy Hart is in his pink suit. He includes a megaphone and white sunglasses accessories. Greg the Hammer Valentine is in his black trunks with yellowish, goldish boots. His signature black hair from Rhythm and Blues. And Honky is in his traditional blue jumpsuit, as seen on also the Mattel Retrofest figure. And both Honky and Greg the Hammer Valentine come with their guitar accessories. The sculpts on these are absolutely incredible. They nailed all three of them. They picked the accessories out perfectly. And this set, if anything, is put over by two guitars and Honky's jumpsuit. It's absolutely incredible. This three-pack by Jax is an absolute home run. And I highly suggest going back 
and just giving it some admiration. And we're going to put some respect on that Jack's Classic Superstars 3-pack of Rhythm and Blues and Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. Incredible 3-pack. And you have the sign, Scott. I do. I actually have it signed by all three of them. And Jimmy Hart was the last one that I needed. And I don't know if we've told the story before about a psychopathic Jimmy Hart running around Wrestle Reunion 11, which <laughs> might not have been such a big deal had Jeff and I not needed two signatures each from this guy. He was all over the place. We couldn't pin him down. We couldn't get our hands on him. Finally, we're waiting in line and we get up to the Hart Foundation. And I don't know if there was glue on his chair, but Jimmy Hart sat for the longest amount of time. We saw him sit for the entire weekend just as we were getting to the Hart Foundation. And luckily we had Jimmy Hart sign our autographs right there. I got two, Jeff got two, plus we got the Hart Foundation. And I also got my Hart Foundation three-pack with Jimmy Hart signed as well. But I had previously gotten that three-pack signed by Honky and Greg Valentine and finally got it completed by Jimmy Hart that day. I love it. It's one of my favorite pieces in my collection, not just for the signatures, but for how great that three-pack is, Jeff. So we welcome the very first Rhythm and Blues, Greg Valentine, Honky, and Jimmy Hart from the Jack's Classic Superstars line into the underrated wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Previous winners of the underrated Fully Posable Fig Life Awards, Hasbro Smash and LJN Bam Bam Bigelow. So is going in and going into a very well-rounded wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Scott, sticking with tag teams, I think it's time that we induct the tag team into the tag team wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Yes, Jeff. We are going to be inducting into the 2020 Fig Life Hall of Fame the Galoob Freebirds box set featuring a soundboard, Michael P.S. Hayes, and Jimmy Jam Garvin. The box set has a sound module that was similar to what came with the Galoob ring. Box is full color with a large plastic window on the front displaying in the middle of the sound module and on either side of the sound module, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. Michael Hayes and Garvin both have black tights with designs on them. Hayes has yellow boots, Garvin has black boots, and both of them feature the gold WCW title belts that were included with the WCW action figures. Both have face paint, and Hayes is in a Greg Valentine LJN pose, while Jimmy Jam Garvin is in a Junkyard Dog LJN pose. We have long been fans of the Galoob line, and we just felt that the the sculpts on them, the poses that they chose on most of them were incredible, and the Freebirds here are no exception. I wish that we could have found these in our area. Unfortunately, a lot of these went to the UK with very, very few being released in the United States. We missed out on them. Jeff, you just added this one to your collection a couple of years ago. So happy to have it in your collection. It's an incredible piece, not just for the figures themselves, but for the overall presentation in the box with the sound module. Like I said, the sound module is one that was very similar to what came with the WCW ring, but the overall presentation of the figures and the module between them is awesome. So from top to bottom, awesome set. If you can get your hands on one, I highly recommend it. And again, Jeff, it is my pleasure to induct the Galoob Fabulous Freebirds box set into the Fig Life 2020 Hall of Fame. Do you like them with the makeup or do you wish that they didn't have the makeup? I like them with the makeup. And had Galoob continued into a second UK set, 
the Freebirds with their entrance robes, brand new sculpts, would have been released. And I don't know that those would have had the makeup. Right, right. I love this box set, dude. It's just the whole presentation. Look at us including boxes into the Hall of Fame, but it's just fantastic. I love the artwork in the back, the sound module, Jimmy Jam and Michael PSAs right there. The old WCW. I, I just love everything about this box set, and I'm looking at it right now. And you know what? I'm happy that it's going into the tag team wing. I do have to say that Michael P.S. Hayes wasn't really in the Greg Valentine pose. The Greg Valentine pose was actually Barry Windham. Michael Hayes was more, I would almost put him more like Jim Neidhart. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but overall, I just love this presentation. So they are going into the tag team wing where they will be joining LOD Classic Superstars and the British Bulldogs L. J N Scott, we need to induct the next female into our hall of fame. And I am so excited about this one because the more I look at this figure, I'm actually thinking about going back and purchasing it just the figure because it was such special tooling. But before we go any further, why don't you go ahead and announce it? Jeff, it is my pleasure to induct into the female wing of the fully posable fig life hall of fame. Two Tough Series 1 Jax Marlena. And she was included in a two-pack with Gold Dust. This Marlena was an entirely brand new sculpt. She's got one hand on her hip. She's got the other hand kind of cocked up holding a cigar. Incredible sculpt. Incredible likeness of Marlena. Gold dress. Necklace. Earrings. It captures Marlena to a T. Great looking figure, and let's not overlook Gold Dust next to her, which is one of the better Gold Dusts that Jax did in their bone crunching assortments. A great looking Gold Dust figure standing next to the newest member of the female wing of the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Very, very honored to induct Marlena from Jax Too Tough Series 1. Marlena will be joining Nia Jax, Elite 65. And the LJN Miss Elizabeth into the female wing of the Hall of Fame. I'm actually thinking about just going back and purchasing just the Marlena because it was it's such a great looking figure and nothing against the gold dust that's next to it. If I can find that two pack for cheap, which I don't think I can nowadays, I would be more than happy to get that because it's an awesome looking two pack. Like I said, they had to do a whole new sculpt for Marlena. She has a cigar in her hand. So, anyways, welcome Marlena from the WWF. Two Tough Series 1 into the female wing of the Hall of Fame. This is the listener choice of the Fully Posable Fig Life Awards. This year, the awards went out to this figure. I am so excited about this one. And some might say too soon. And to that I say, nope. Because going into the listener choice wing of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame... The Macho Man Slim Jim San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. He did not make the headliner. I'm totally okay with it because our listeners voted him in. And I think that might mean a little more than Jeff and I just calling him the headliner. He is not the seventh best figure of 2019. He is the number one listener's choice going into the 2020 Fig Life Hall of Fame. Macho Man comes in a Slim Jim box that encased the inner display box, which has a clear plastic all the way around it except for one side to show off the figure, full color backdrop, and a base that says snap into a Slim Jim. 
The figure is in Slim Jim-inspired gear, complete with red and yellow hat, sunglasses, jacket with tassels, tights, and he's holding up two boxes of Slim Jim. So not only is it a beautiful package that he comes displayed in, the pose where he's holding the two Slim Jim boxes is perfect. It's almost like he's pitching you Slim Jims through the television. This is my vote as the best wrestling figure of all time, and it's also in the top three packaging of all time. For me, it was love at first sight, and it means all that much more that the listeners voted him in to the listener's choice wing of the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. We only had the listener wing last year, so the previous winner was the Ultimate Warrior defining moment from WrestleMania 7. You know, I was looking at this, Scott, and for the Hall of Fame categories, we have six categories for the Hall of Fame. I was thinking about just creating a seventh one and putting Macho into that seventh one because I think that's where he belongs. You ever been thrown out of your own event? (laughs) You're about to be able to answer yes to that question. The seventh best figure of 2019 is heading into the fully posable. (laughs) What? You you son of a... Why why I oughta... (laughs) It kills you every time, doesn't it? Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. But, you know, we still have a headliner going in. Yes. And what do you say we jump into that headliner? Previous inductees of the headliners was Hogan LJN back in 2018. 2019 was Macho Hasbro. And for 2020, the headliner is... Headlining our class of 2020 in the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. It is the Brett the Hitman Hart Hasbro Red Card Series 8. Brett has a pink tank top with his logo on it, black tights with the four hearts and striped sides, and the pink uh, paint spill on his rear end, silver shades, white, pink, and black boots, pink elbow pads, and wristbands, and the figure features his signature snarl. This is better than his original release because it is more tanned and looks more like Brett, and in my opinion, out of all the Hasbros, it is the best Bret Hart, and out of all the Hasbros, is the seventh best Hasbro ever created. So, Jeff, it is my pleasure to induct the headliner into the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, the Bret Hart Hasbro Red Card Series 8. Name six Hasbros that are better than that Bret. Ric Flair. You know what? You're getting thrown off of Titan Towers, dude. Skinner. Oh, dude. Okay, the, the foot action where his arms waved, that was a cool action. But no, do, do not. Don't even go there, dude. Marty Jannetty rockers. Oh, all right. <laughs> Me and Rad Chad are going to celebrate with this figure. We're in a whole, we are going up to a mountain and holding it up like Simba from <laughs> Lion King as the greatest figure and is the king of the 2020 Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Jeff, what I like best about that figure is that it speaks to the strength of Hasbro to maybe recognize where there was a weakness in the previous release of that wrestler and to come out with a second version of him and make it better. And with most cases, they released a whole new version of that person, a brand new gimmick, a whole different pose. With Brett, it literally took repainting the existing Brett and increasing the look of it 10 times easy, or as you would say, seven times, by putting the silver shades on him, updating his paint deco, and putting that tan on him that brought him more to look like Bret Hart and not like the pasty original version that was his Hasbro figure. 
they really took this figure next level. And I'll agree with you. It's one of the better. I joke about being the seventh best. This Brett is definitely up there in Hasbro world. And if you don't have him in your collection, you're missing out. And unfortunately he is on the red card series. That means the value goes up significantly. But if you can get your hands on this Brett for loose at a decent price, jump all over it. And it absolutely deserves to be our headliner for the class of 2020. I always look forward to the Hall of Fame. Like right now, why did the Kool-Aid man just bust through the window? (laughs) He wanted to be part of the Fig Life Hall of Fame too. What's going on at this awards ceremony? We had cars burning out and people not knowing how to drive. What is going on at this place? Hey, it is 126 outside. Kool-Aid man shows up. Good on him. (laughs) But I do look forward to the awards each and every year. A lot of people, I like how the listeners have their own figures that they put in. Our first year, we put in the Macho Madness winner in 2018, and it was the Macho Defining Moment, WrestleMania 7. But then last year, we put it up to the listeners, and it was the Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 7 Defining Moment. But this year, it it gets better and better each year, and I look forward to this each and every single year. So, that is it for Scott and I. We are signing off from the Fully Posable Fig Life Awards. We better get out of here before they start a food fight or something, Jeff. Oh, dude. I thought a G.I. Joe fight was about to break out and, like, lasers were going to be coming by our head or something. (laughs) Hopefully they shoot like (laughs) stormtroopers. Scott, we want all of our listeners to go check out Ryan over at Wrestling Toy Tracker, where he just updated his site to include... Are you ready, Scott? COVID pricing? No. Oh. Defining moments. Defining moments are now up there. Very nice. Great call on that. To take a very, very specific part of the overall Mattel line, that's one of the more valuable ones. I would say Legends would be maybe next to Target. I love that he took the finding moments. Man, those earlier ones too. That's going to be great to have a guide to make sure you don't get ripped off if you're trying to fill some holes in your collection. Yeah, over there he's got LJNs, Hasbros, Retros, Galoobs, Just Toys Bendums, and now Defining Moments. So go check him out if you're playing these eBay prices, which is asinine right now, but we've already talked about that the previous three weeks, but go check them out, kind of see what the average value is on the defining moments, or if you're in the hunt for galoobs, whatever it may be, go check out the price over at wrestlingtoytracker.com. Scott, Eagle Moss. Yes, Jeff, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life, and you're looking for a special gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eagle Moss. Give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore, Check out all of the cool properties under their umbrella. Guaranteed, they're going to have something that you're looking for. Give them a look again on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. And if you need a gift for a WWE or pop culture fan in your life, you're going to find it at Eagle Moss. Also, check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, where I was on this past week. The reason I was on was because Breaker lost rock, paper, scissors. So you're headlining, Scott. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, luck of the draw. Hey, there's nothing wrong with going on first. No, that makes me Red Rooster, dude. Well, no. I mean, look, going on first, you could be the Rockers versus the Orient Express at Royal Rumble 91, right? Great match. Yeah. Great match. Absolutely. One of the best opening matches of all time. There was also Eddie versus Ray at WrestleMania 21. So look, it's not all bad being first, Jeff. And of course, I'm buttering you up because I'm the main event. And that's what I got to tell you, you know. But hey, there's nothing wrong with going first. So you're saying I'm the Shawn Michaels of the podcasting world? I'll take it. (laughs) Or the Kato. Whatever. I'm not getting picky. (laughs) Check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'll be on again this upcoming week. And then Scott will be following. 
Also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo podcast on iTunes. Eric and Barry, I, you know what? I was in a Barry, Barry this week because he said that you, Scott, were in the hunt for a new co-host. And he says you were putting ads out on Craigslist <laughs> because it doesn't take much to replace me. I don't know how Barry found out about that. And then he redeemed himself with a nice comment later on in their show. If you guys want to hear that comment, go check out Doing the Favor on iTunes as well. Check out, just search Doing the Favor. Also check out their website, doingthefavor.com. Come. I got to tell you a funny story last week, dude. So you and I had recorded last Thursday night and afterwards I'm texting Steve from the PPW podcast and he goes, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm all texting you. And he goes, want a podcast? And I drop my phone and I look at the time and it's 945 and I'm wide awake. And I'm like, yes, I do. So Steve and I podcasted till midnight out here where it's 2am Steve's time. So I was on the PPW podcast because I stayed up late last Thursday night, which was a lot of fun. Steve and I talked about con signings and stories. I forgot to tell the story about your Virgil bullet, but I'll let you tell that story to Steve another time. Oh, I'd love to. Now, did you guys discuss it all? What is the future of paint pens at autograph signings? Because we can't just watch. We did. Okay, I, I got to imagine it's going to change. Right, because you can't just walk up and hand them a paint pen, and it's not great to walk up and hand them a brand new paint pen in a package that they're opening because we all know the dangers and perils of brand new paint pens. So what what was your guys' take on that, or do you want to save it for the show? You guys can go back and listen to that episode where I do talk about it, but honestly, I'm taking disinfectant wipes, and I'm wiping down the pen each time, or I'm going to pull out a disinfectant wipe and put it around the pen when he signs. If you're at, say, Access, or you are at, I don't know, say, AEW StarCast, I can't imagine a higher-scale production being open to just taking things from people and using it and handing it back. That's that's the part I'm worried about. It's got to change, right? I would think so, but honestly, if they allow it, I'm wiping down the paint pen with a disinfectant wipe in front of the wrestler. And if it doesn't work, then... If they only have Sharpie, I'm not getting anything signed. I'll just say, no thanks. Uh, there it is. That's that's kind of where I was driving with this is at the end of the day, are you willing to spend the money on a Sharpie autograph versus just walking away? And what you're saying is you're going to walk away. If you don't get that paint pen, you're walking away. And I'm with you 100% on that, Jeff, because you and I have autographs up on our wall from the early 2000s, you specifically with that Rey Mysterio series one ruthless aggression in the white, you got that signed in a black Sharpie that's fading. You have a Tito Santana autograph that's fading. You have a Rowdy Roddy Piper autograph with Sharpie that's fading. So we see the long-term effects of what Sharpie does on that plastic. And I'm not willing to pay for that. I want paint pen because it's going to be there forever. So I'm with you. I'm walking away. Right. It's going to suck because promoter already has our money, but unless they have paint pens up at their desk, that's the only, would be the only saving grace. Well, it's one of those things I would be emailing the promoter ahead of time and find out what's the deal with the paint pens. You got to find out somehow, either you have them at the table or it's Sharpies. And then I know if I'm spending the money or not. So I'd be emailing ahead of time, but that's the new game we got to play. So go check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. He also did a show with the guys from the Our Vantage Point Podcast where they have great, great sound going on over on their show. 
Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies over at Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, which is a fun improv show. Ryan Buds does daily trivia. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, what's up next? Yes, so currently we have the Starcade 89 episode up. We're going to have a new show dropping next week. We have content in the hopper through July, because actually Ed just found an episode he had forgotten that we recorded, so that added an additional two weeks onto what we had. So we're good through mid-July. We're thinking about doing another Zoom setup next month sometime. But anyway, aside from all that, if you want to hear about Starcade 89, that's our current episode. Find it everywhere that you find Fully Posable, and you can follow us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We also have a shirt up over at whatamaneuver.net. Want you guys to check out also luchacentral.com where there is a slew of podcasts going on covering all things Lucha Libre. And over there, I am doing a show with Erica Rana, Lucha Libre Figures and Facts. And it's a lot of fun because Eric has so much knowledge working in the toy industry and he talks about deco and he talks about tooling and he talks about whatever it may be. He was talking about how for deco, he says each paint stroke is like money out of the pocket going into the figure he's like it's crazy how much a figure could cost after everything from tooling to deco to whatever it may be so it's really fascinating his knowledge inside there so go check out lucha figures and facts on the luchacentral.com network scott roll call yes first and foremost the same deal every week putting over our man our artist jason wolf give him a follow on twitter at Jason WLF. If you need artwork of any type, Jason is your guy. Super talented. I can't say enough good about Jason Wolf. I say it every week, and you guys are going to continue to hear it every week if you follow him on Facebook. If you are one of his Facebook friends, you were privileged, as I mentioned earlier in the show, to be able to walk through his toy dungeon or his toy museum where just amazing toys were shown from G.I. Joe to wrestling to X-Men, Transformers, you name it. He had a figure of it. Awesome walkthrough. But aside from his amazing toy collection, the dude can flat out draw. Follow him on Twitter at JasonWLF. If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. And stay tuned for two brand new designs coming from Jason Wolf for the Fully Posable podcast. And last but not least, a call to arms to the listeners. Today, if you are downloading this on Sunday, May 31st, and listening Sunday, May 31st, 2020, call to arms, because today is the last day that you get those discount codes over at Manscaped. Use code WFP20. Get 20% off, plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. Very well done, Scott. For episode 228 and the third annual Fully Posable Fig Life Awards. Anything else? Yes, let's get the healthy debate going. Did we make good decisions? Did we make bad decisions? Do you agree with the listener's choice submission for the Fully Posable Hall of Fame? That's the fun of the community. Great banter back and forth. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. It's just an opinion. And we love wrestling figures we love our fig life hall of fame thank you guys for listening we have a blast doing it every single year thank you for your input maybe next year we'll add a category maybe next year it'll be a fig lifer that we put in who knows but we appreciate you guys being along for the ride stay safe stay healthy fig life since 2016 and happy toy hunting
there's going to be a seventh category and Macho Man Slim Jim is going into that. And so he'll be a two-time. Ah, no, no, no. He, nope. Don't you dare. Don't you start. I will throw you out of here. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 228. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.